Isaiah 44, verses 2 and 3. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. 
Genesis 3:15 The Lord said to the serpent And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers he will crush your head and you will strike his heel Psalm 2 verse 7 I will proclaim the Lord's decree He said to me you are my son today I have become your father Galatians 4, 4 through 5. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. A mother's voice, my mother's voice. Actually, I remember her voice many times throughout uh, my childhood that, that helped me grow uh, in the person that I am today. She helped me learn a lot about Jesus Christ and in different ways that she taught. And it wasn't always that we would sit down and she just taught me face to face like that. No, she found different ways of teaching us oftentimes. I remember many times her teaching us through songs. I remember many times going back and forth between school that uh, she would be the one that would be driving us and she would be singing songs and maybe we'd listen to cassette tapes at that time over the the car stereo system. And I remember that she would sing through those songs and the, the lessons that we learned that way. I also remember that, that one way that my mother taught was through visual aid. She always loved visual aids and creating things. And she would spend a lot of time creating these, these nice little activities that we typically think about, things that we might see around vacation Bible school. But I remember my, my mother did this a lot to, to teach different people at our, at our church and to teach me and my sister as well. And she was actually very, very good at those things. In fact, in many ways, she was much better at it than I was, but maybe that has something to do with my love for visual aids today, and I, I try to incorporate those into preaching. They might be a little different types of visual aids that I use, but I use those partially because that's how I was taught. See, I remember my mother's voice and the importance of it. And, and I believe that it is very important to hear a woman's voice. In fact, uh, it's very important to hear, you know, a mother's voice, especially, you know, our, our own mother as well. In fact, in the scriptures, the first time that it is ever mentioned that something is not good is back in Genesis. After Adam was created, God said it's not good for man to be alone. See, there, there needed to be a, a woman there. I also don't think it's by accident that in the New Testament, whenever you read about elders, you find out that the elders uh, each one of them had a wife. That, that's what the leaders were supposed to have. They were supposed to have a wife. Why is that? Well, it was important for them to know how to lead their own family so that that way they could lead the church as well. And all those passages that, that I read before uh, this slide came up here, I want us to see the fulfillment of those scriptures. And I want to listen to the fulfillment of those scriptures uh, through a mother's voice, actually three mothers in particular. But let's all do this by, by looking at a very familiar story back in Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter one. It's the story when Jesus is born. I mean, think about one of the greatest mothers that we have in the scriptures, and I would say it would have to be, you know, Mary, that she was selected among all the women that ever lived. She was selected to be the mother of God. I mean, that, that's amazing. She had to be an amazing woman. So let's listen to her and some other women 
uh, around that time in Jesus's life and see some things that we can learn. But let's begin in Luke 1. Luke 1, verses 29 through 38. This gives us a little bit of a background for, for where we're going to be uh, this morning. Mary was greatly troubled at his word. That is the angel's words who just told her the announcement that she's going to have a, a child. So she was greatly troubled at his word and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Okay, so this is a very familiar story, but let's notice that, that there's actually at least three women uh, within this narrative about Jesus' birth that, that I think we can learn something from them. Those three women are going to kind of show us a mother's voice, and we can listen to a mother's voice. The women are Elizabeth, Mary, and then also Anna. Uh, we'll take a look at each one of those in their times, but I want you to notice from the, uh, the other column here that their response is very similar. They might be a little different given the, the different circumstances they were in, but each one of them finds some ways to praise God or to worship God. They find some ways to be joyous about the occasion. And they find fulfillment in God's word. They find that it is being fulfilled in their day and they rejoice over all those things. So I guess you might say that, that it's a little bit of a cycle that kind of repeats itself. And, and I by no means am saying that it has to go in this order. I'm just saying, look, these are three things that we can learn from these three women this morning. And we can see that they praised God, they rejoice about it, and they saw the fulfillment of God's word. Let's take a look at the first one together. The first mother's voice that we're going to take a look at is that of Elizabeth. Now, she is an older voice. She's a woman who was thought to be unable to have a child, but yet the Holy Spirit is doing great things in her life. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is very active in each one of the three women's lives that we will take a look at this, this, uh, in this video. In Luke chapter 1, let's listen to what Elizabeth says and how she displays those three things that we saw a while ago. Luke 1 verses 39 through 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. So here, what Elizabeth says, I mean, without a doubt, she most certainly praises God. She says that statement in verse 42 about how blessed Mary is, but also how blessed this child is, how wonderful of an occasion this is. She praises God for the great things that are happening in her midst. We also see that she has joy 
And also this child within her has joy. This is who's going to grow up to be called John the Baptist years later. But this is John's mother. And he has joy. And she has joy. And, and we see that joy mentioned in verse 44. And we see how great of an occasion it is and how exciting this whole thing is because God is doing great things in their day. And then the third thing that we see with her is she finds fulfillment in the promises of God. In verse 45, she talks about how the Lord will fulfill his promise to Elizabeth. The Lord will fulfill his promise to Mary. The Lord will always fulfill his promises. Do we have that same excitement? Do we praise God because he has fulfilled what he's promised? I think we can learn something from this woman's, from this mother's voice. Let's see the second voice, though, and let's see how she displays those things as well. This voice is Mary, and perhaps this is the most that we have of, of any of the women, and it's a wonderful, I guess you would say it's kind of a wonderful song of praise, the whole thing. But we will see how she does those same three things that Elizabeth did. So Mary, in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 56, this is what she said, how she praises God. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. So here in, in these statements, this excitement of what Mary is, is coming into to realizing that she is going to give birth to the Son of God. She's going to give birth to Jesus. And she's praising with Elizabeth. And you could imagine how, how wonderful of an opportunity this is for the, the two of these, these soon-to-be mothers and the rejoicing over what God is doing in each of their lives. That's just wonderful. All that is before us here in, these, in this passage is how Mary praises God for the great and, and wonderful things that he's done, how great his name is, how wonderful are his promises, how wonderful are his blessings. Mary just can't help but just go on and on and on about what God is doing in their midst and how they are finally seeing the fulfillment of all these things. Perhaps I'm getting a little bit out of order, but let's see. Mary praises God. We also find in all of this that she has great joy. She starts off in verse 46 that my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. I hope we can learn that lesson from Mary. I hope that, that we, after we just hear some kind of uh, unsettling news, I mean, she, the unsettling news is that she's not even yet married and she's going to ha have a son and it's going to be Jesus, the son of God. I mean, that's got to take some time to take that in, you know, to recognize what's going on. I mean, her whole world is going to be turned upside down and everything's going to be changed. But yet she has joy. 
She doesn't exactly at this point know how it's all going to work out, but she is joyous. She rejoices because God is her Savior. She recognizes the importance of what God is doing in, in even her midst. And we see that she recognizes that God is fulfilling his word. Like at the end of this passage, I mean, all throughout it, let's let's face it. She keeps talking about all these generations before and how he is fulfilling his word to those generations. But then also at the end of these statements, she mentions in verse 55 that that God had promised these things to their ancestors. So, you know, is it really something that should surprise us that God is going to actually be faithful to his word and he's going to fulfill his promises? Yet it is so important to recognize that he fulfills his promises, that whenever the Lord says he's going to do it, he will do it. He will always do it. That we can be assured of. And this is also a lesson that Mary learned. She knew well, and she was willing to, to praise God and to, to proclaim it in these verses. There's one final woman that I want to listen to, this final mother's voice. Now, this final woman's voice I will tell you that specifically within the text, we don't actually see that she is a mother. So I, I know that I call this a mother's voice. However, I think that if you look at Anna and, and if you recognize the type of person that she is, I think you could agree that perhaps if she had lived in a slightly different time and under slightly different circumstances, she most certainly would be a woman that would be um, definitely someone that we could look up to. One that is a, a woman that is an older voice, once again, like Elizabeth. And we could also see that because of the character that we are described of about her, we could see that she most certainly could have been a wife of an elder, you know, and some prominent voice in the church. However, she lived during the time that she did, and this is the message that, that she has to share with us and proclaim. Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 40. Now, a little bit of time has, has come on, and, and uh, in those first 35 verses of chapter 2, we see that Jesus is actually born. We were told he's going to be born. Well, now he's actually born, and part of the things that they did was they took newborn babies into the temple. Well, whenever they do that, they actually encounter two prophets, and this prophet is a woman. Let's listen to this prophet's voice. Verse 36, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. So this prophet or prophetess, Anna, she praised Jesus. She praised God for what he was doing in their midst. She recognized by looking at this, this baby that is before her, she saw the fulfillment. She saw great joy in this child. She saw that great things were going to happen. She also openly proclaimed it in verse 38 tells us that anybody who would listen, for anybody who was looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem, she was there to tell them, 
I've seen this child. This child is going to do great things. This child is going to bring about the redemption of Israel. And that child most certainly did. That child, of course, is Jesus Christ, who brought salvation, who brought redemption, not just to Jerusalem, not just to the entire nation of Israel, but to all people anywhere, all who would reach out to God and who would call upon the name of the Lord, as the Apostle Peter says on the day of Pentecost. He says that this has been opened to us all. Are we listening to these voices? Are we following Jesus, this child? Are we able to, to see these things, learn these things from women and other people around us who are willing to openly proclaim these things? As we look at these passages and as we kind of look at the birth of Jesus, perhaps we will always be reminded that there was a mother's voice several times in that narrative telling us things and reminding us of things that we already knew. We see the women of Elizabeth, of Mary, and of Anna. We see how they all praised God, how they all rejoiced in what he was doing, and how they all saw the fulfillment of his word. Can we do the same thing? Can we learn the same things? Are you listening to the woman's voice? Because there's a lot to learn. Comfort me.